Welcome to the Watering Hole Football Podcast. Alrighty, welcome into another episode of the Watering Hole Football Podcast. It's a show where a couple dudes sit around and talk about football like you would at your local watering hole. I'm your host, Dylan Lund, and with me is Colton Sorensen. Hey. What's up? Oh, you know, living the dream. It's cold in Minnesota. It is. Like always. Uh, we got a got a good show today. We are going to talk about some of the uh, general managing hires that have happened. Uh, we're going to talk about Sean Payton. And then we're going to talk about the games that happened last week and just kind of give a little preview of the championship games. Uh, but first, let's get into the first general manager, uh, hometown Vikings. They they got their guy. They got Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. He he's he's a guy that um, is a lot more analytics driven as far as like what I've seen. Um, he was the vice president of football operations for the Browns from twenty to twenty one, and. He was the manager of football research and development for the 49ers from 2013 to 2020. So he's been in some of these organizations that have really risen through those years. Yeah, I think he kind of, he comes from an analytics background, which is a little different than like your normal general manager background that we'll talk about with some of the other guys. Um, So it, it's definitely a different look than what it was with Spielman. So at least you're not getting rid of Spielman just to get rid of him. Like you're doing it and actually changing something. Yeah. It's something different. So I guess that we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm not completely sold on him, but also I don't think it's a terrible idea to go analytics and see what happens. See, the whole thing with the general manager and with all these guys, like for me personally, like I, none of what they have done in the past, none of like GMs, you can't be like, Oh, this guy's going to be a good GM. Like you can, you can look at coaches and you can look at their track record of like what they've been able to accomplish on the field and be like, okay, I can see this guy like moving up in the coaching world. But for executives, it's really tough to be like, Man, like this is the executive that I want running my team. Like I, I don't fucking know. Like I mean, the only good like thing that you can figure out is, say, a scout or like a director of scouting is really good at scouting players, and they find the guys. You put them in the GM position; they're not going to stop finding those guys. You would think so. So, like in that sense, you can kind of project a guy going in there and. Sure, he's gonna be maybe better at drafting, but even but then, you 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 got to put all the other parts together, and right. that's something that you can't project. Right, the general manager also has to deal with like trades with other teams, contracts. They got to deal with so much more shit. It's like, like the head coach is essentially the CEO of the team, yep, and the general manager is the CEO of the CEO. Like he is yep. higher, and he is usually unless you're like a bill belichick or um sean payton Payton or you know these other guys that essentially have full control of the team as the head coach like you're the guy that's making these decisions yep so 
it's really hard from a fan's perspective to actually like be able to predict like what we do is as guys that sit on the couch and watch football, we, I like to watch college football and I go, Oh, I think that guy's going to be pretty good in the NFL. That's not hard to see. Like if you see a guy with talent, it's pretty easy to project. Right. And it's a, it's at least a quantitative thing where you can yeah. like look at what the guy is doing and be like, okay, I can see that, you know, being played on Sundays and that'll work. Yeah. We don't get to see the behind the scenes. Like in order to figure out if a quasi is going to be any good, you got to go, okay, well, what's his personality like around the office? Fans don't get to see that. Like, does he interact good with players and does he understand like the wants and needs of a football team? We don't fucking know. I mean, it's the same There's thing. There's just with, no way to tell. It's the same thing with like, you know, current general managers. Like was Spielman like good or bad? Like it's, it's hard to even tell like the guys that have been there, were they any good or not? I mean, Spielman was good at drafting for the most part. Like, you assume That's that pretty much all we got. You assume that the guys that got fired are not good at it, but like, you know, it's the executive positions. I feel like is very weird as like a fan to try to like either predict or be like, man, I'm really pushing for this guy to be our executive. Like that's just kind of weird to me. That doesn't stop some people from doing it though. Oh, I, mean, I know. Like people get behind guys that nobody's ever heard of. Like I then they switch the day after they're uh, taken already. Right. So. Like I. I I, I get it. Like, you know, if it's just content for you, yeah. like if you're doing it just for content to be like, oh, I'm really in on this guy or whatever. But like, nobody fucking knows how these GMs are going to do because nobody has been a GM that got hired as a GM. The The only way you can pull for like different guys, like for the Vikings, it was down between um, Ryan Poles and Quasi Adolfo Mensa. They're two different backgrounds. You can root for their backgrounds being your next GM. That's about it. Yeah. And then we don't know actually what they're about. Yeah. And speaking of Ryan Poles, he was hired by the Bears. Well, he essentially chose the Bears over the Vikings. Which is what forced the Vikings' hand into choosing their second option or one of their top two options. Right. And um, from what I understand, he was also a player for the Bears. Ryan Poles was. Yeah. So, like, you know, you got the connection there. Like, that makes more sense, you know, whatever. Um, Ryan Poles, he worked for the the Chiefs as an executive from 2009 to 2020. Uh, He was anywhere from, so he was a player personnel assistant. He was a college scouting administrator. He was the college scout director, the director of college scouting, which somehow was a different position. And then he was the assistant director of player personnel. And he did that over a span of three different general managers with the Chiefs, Scott Pioli, John Dorsey, and then the current GM, Brett Veach. So I guess all you can really say is like he was an asset to that organization being able to be brought through three different general managers, three different regimes, and like being able to retain his job. He was there when they drafted Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. That's also another thing you can say. That's, that's another thing. That's what I've seen used a lot. Uh, the other thing is he helped rebuild that offensive line in one season. Yeah. It, it's not full. Like, I don't think he fully brought it back, but sure, that they made it better. So, I mean, there's something there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it. you know, the same thing you can kind of say for, for Questy. The, uh, the... <clears throat> The Browns had a 
horrible offensive line. And then over the last two seasons, you know, they have really, really invested in it. They've been like, I guess kind of going back to them, you know, things I didn't really mention, like the Browns roster is really fucking good. Yeah. Like legitimately really good. And he had a hand in that. So you can say, oh, well, he took the Browns from a, you know, I don't, bottom I don't, of the barrel kind of thing to. But he wasn't there with the Browns when they were working their way up. He was there the last year and the year before. I think it's more say, telling because he was with like the player uh, development with the 49ers that they were really good at developing their draft picks. That's true. So, but it, either way, it's the same kind of situation like what I was saying. But yeah. um, but yeah, I, you know, the guy worked, uh, going back to polls, you know, he worked with the Chiefs for a very, very long time. Um, I don't know. He'll probably be fine. Hopefully he likes Justin Fields. Hopefully he gets a coach that likes Justin Fields. Yeah. They they need to work on that team, so hopefully you can help them work on that team. Like it doesn't really matter if he was there when, you know, they, they went and got Patrick Mahomes because they already got their guy. So like Yeah. Like I, I understand, oh, this guy was here when, when Patrick Mahomes was drafted. Yeah, but like you don't need to go and get a Patrick Mahomes because you, you got you got him. That that it's, was just kind of the argument I heard from Vikings fans, uh, being on that side of social media and stuff. So um I don't know. The Bears' offensive line isn't great. True. So maybe there's something there. Um, I don't know. I hope for Justin Fields' sake that they they turn it around and fix the offense and at least make the offense fun to watch because right at the very worst you got a Lamar Jackson esque athlete that is out there and it's just fun to watch. So yeah. Uh, moving on the the Giants, uh, they hired uh, Joe Shane. Uh, he's He's been in the league a long time. He's at, he has 20 years of experience in executive positions. And the last five years, he was the assistant general manager in Buffalo. Um, last, last I checked, Buffalo in the last five years has gone from eh to pretty damn good. To perennial, like, championship game kind of yeah. kind of team. Yeah. I, I mean, again, like, I don't know anything about this guy. I don't... Yeah. It, He's probably had, you know, 20 different titles in his 20 different years of experience. And he's probably, you know, worked with a bunch of different names and a bunch of people probably vouch for him and everything. But, you know, you you don't know what he's going to do in his vision for their team. So uh, yep. at this point, all we really do know is that he has no intention for trading for Deshaun Watson and that he's going to build around Daniel Jones. I mean, we can talk about that. Like a lot of people are going to see that as the wrong choice. I think Giants like fans they... in general are going to say, well, we're kind of sick of this guy. True. But, I mean, he does have a similar talent to, like, Josh Allen. He kind of fits that Josh Allen mold, kind of. Like, he's a running quarterback sometimes. He's and, actually a really good runner. Yeah, but he doesn't do it. Like, Josh Allen isn't just running the ball constantly. Right. He does when he wants to take a game over and he's really good at it, but you don't ask him to be a running quarterback. Right. Where like also Daniel Jones, bigger, he's not huge, but he's bigger and he has a strong arm. You're, you're kind of putting him in that, the Josh Allen mold. And if that's the guy that he likes, Hey, good for him. Yeah. He's got a guy in that mold. I mean, they got to fix the offensive line. Yep. 
they got to fix the defense. Yep. But special teams probably isn't great. I haven't watched much of it. Probably but. not. But like their skill positions are good. Like if you yeah. can, if you can make an environment where Daniel Jones isn't under duress, like 80% of the time, he's probably pretty okay. Yeah. As a general manager, pay whatever money you have to, to keep Saquon Barkley alive. Yeah. I don't care if you have to rebuild the entire training facility, keep that man alive. Yeah, I mean, he Saquon Barkley is that, you know, he's that kind of joker piece where, like, yeah. if he's healthy, if he's on the field, like, he is always dangerous. I would say that his talent level is in the same mold of, like, you can put him in the same conversations as quarterbacks, as game breakers. Yeah. Like, if he's healthy, it's him... Christian McCaffrey and maybe Elvin Kamara in right. their skill sets and them just being able to break open a game by themselves. Yeah. So keep him healthy. Like that is a huge weapon that you have not had as the Giants. And Daniel Jones has not had the opportunity to consistently use that. So, hey, maybe if he has that, he'll be fine. Yeah. And Sa- but, Saquon already got paid, didn't he? Uh, no. Or is that going to be this year? I think that he's going into his fifth year this year, and I think they already picked it up. Okay. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see if, you know, they decide to even go in a different direction with Saquon because even though he even though Saquon is, you know, statistically he's kind of a bust. Yes. At least from where he was drafted. That's, like that's what I would argue. He is going to he is still going to earn like a really good contract for a running back because of that potential. Probably. I would, I would assume so. Like Probably. that, that is my assumption that they're going to, that that's more the way that they would look at it. I would bet or that the way that Saquon would look at it and his agent and his team and all them. I would put money that he's not in the top five running backs in his contract. I would, I would bet on it. So I, I would say he's going to be below Dalvin, probably but not far. I because of the injuries, I think it takes away just that much money. You know? Right? Like, I think what I'm saying is like I think he and like his team and his agent are going to try to push for a contract like a Camara, like a Dalvin, which he should, which he should because like the the potential there is astronomical. Yeah, but I think it's going to be you don't want to so. From a player's perspective, you don't want to be underpaid when you're blowing up the league. Right. And the team perspective, you, they don't want to be overpaying you when you're sitting on the bench injured. So there's going to be some knocking heads, but he's going to get a good enough payday that he'll be in the top 10 running backs, I would assume. Yeah. It, it's just it's just a matter of if it's going to be from the Giants or somebody else. Correct. I think that'll be the interesting thing uh, looking forward you know, through next year of what they decided to do with Saquon. Yeah. And uh, we are now going to switch uh, onto a coach and some coaching news. And I'm going to mute my mic and I'm going to step back. (laughs) And I'm just going to let Dylan talk about Sean Payton. So Sean Payton is stepping down as the, as the coach of the saints. And, it's pretty 
you know, it, it's pretty interesting timing because for next year, the Saints are going to be, you know, $74 million over the cap limit. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a lot of playmakers. Michael Thomas doesn't want to be there. Like, they are not in a good spot as an organization. So I should say they are currently $75 million over the cap. Yes. They will probably not be that far over the cap, but their roster will look worse. Yes. So from my perspective and this being a uh anti Sean Payton I'm going to I'm going to put this label on our podcast we are an anti Saints anti Sean Payton podcast so I would have argued that when Drew Brees was there because you put anti Saints in there I am now going to politely say yes we are yeah okay so sorry Saints fans fuck you fuck Sean Payton he's a dick also like isn't it just perfect that the instant, like he had one year without a fucking Hall of Fame quarterback, and he decides, man, this is hard. I don't want to do it anymore. Like, go fuck yourself. You leave your team in literally the worst, like the worst situation possible. You're over the cap by all of it, by all of the money. Yep. All of the players that are decent on your team probably don't even want to play there anymore. I would imagine not. Like, he, I have heard so many like, oh man, we got to look back at all the good times of Sean Payton. And he's telling all these stories about all these good times. And people are reflecting on just like his tenure with the Saints in general and looking at it, you know, I mean, in, yeah. in a very positive light. He won some games. When what he's doing is fucking the organization. Yeah. I have not seen one person or heard one person be like, you know, that's kind of uh kind of messed up how he's leaving the organization they paid Taysom hill like 80 million dollars like it's not real money but like yeah it like technically he is he's going to receive 80 million but on yes. the books he's not gonna receive 80 million right it's like he sean payton was so fucking adamant about oh Taysom hill is our starting quarterback he is great he is an nfl quarterback all this shit and you saw what happens when he actually had to use him as a starting quarterback he's fucking dog shit so I mean, like, let's be honest. Taysom Hill is a starting NFL football player. He's a football player. He is not a quarterback. You, I that's don't. What I every, wouldn't even say he's a tight end. That's like, what everybody has been saying he this is entire a time. Player. That's what everybody's been saying this entire time. And Sean Payton's like, no, this is my guy. I'm gonna put my name on this guy. And he fucked you. Like, you can't. Like, you essentially quit when it got hard. Is it the Lamar Jackson Harbaugh? Is is that what caused him to want Taysom Hill? Is no. it no? No. I think I think it's because Sean Payton was the guy that brought Taysom Hill in. He was the one that believed in him as a football player. Correct, yeah. And because he was a quarterback, he's like, you know, I think I can work with this. Or something. I don't know. He can't. He can't. <laughs> like again, I I just think it's it's kinda this might be a little harsh, but I think it's kind of cowardice. Like, when it got hard, oh, I'm going to quit. Like, he's a fucking quitter. I don't even think it's gotten to the hardest part yet. <laughs> he he was like, oh, this year was tough. And then he yeah, probably... Yeah, this year was tough. One he, game out of the playoffs. He probably opened the next schedule and looked at the roster and went, oh, shit. Yeah. We have to play again next year. 
And then he's like, nah, nah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave this mess for somebody else. Like this is the most fucking like asshole move. Is he also the GM? I don't, I don't even know. I'm going to look it up. I don't know who their GM is, but at like Sean Payton is one of those guys where he has more say in the personnel decisions because of who he is. Like he's been there. He was there for 16 years. Mickey Loomis. How long has he been there? Um, All of them. That's a good question. Because I feel like Sean Payton definitely has a lot of say in the personnel. And like how. Oh, Mickey Loomis has been there for 21 years. Holy shit. Yeah. So before Sean Payton was there. But also Sean Payton's been there for 16 years. Right. And all of those, I'm pretty sure, all but one. I think his first his first year wasn't with Drew Brees. All but one was with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Right. So again, I just think it's a kind of a bitch move to be like, man, this is really tough. I, you know what, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave right now, and I'm gonna go do something. You know, I might come back. He and he literally said, you know, I might come back coaching. Maybe some other time, maybe in a couple years, but I want to go do, you know, I, I hear broadcasting looks kind of fun. I kind of want to go and do that. It's essentially, he's, he's fucking rage quitting because his team sucks. Do you That's think what he, he did. panic called Drew Brees and was like, hey, he, no, no, I'm no. going to need you to come back. I literally just heard this and he talked to Drew Brees and he kind of wanted Drew Brees to come back. Like, I think it was probably after the, the Jameis injury. Probably. Where he asked Drew Brees to come back. Yeah. And then Drew Brees is like, nah, I'm really enjoying this, this and then, uh, uh, talking thing on the internets and, yeah, and apparently, on the TV. And then Sean Payton went, yeah, you know what? He sounded really less stressful. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go, go talk on that TV. Right. Yeah. Apparently, um, he talked to Drew Brees coming back. And then I, I guess like after the, uh, the Dolphins game, um, he essentially said, yeah. You know, I feel like uh, Drew probably wouldn't have a whole lot of fun out there. So, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask him to come back. Like, too late, man. You already asked him. He said no. I'm trying to cover your tracks. Like, this is such a bitch move. <laughs> like, yeah, it just bugs me. Like, he has the most punchable face in the NFL, and yep. this just solidifies my hatred of him. Well, now you can punch him. He's just a normal everyday dude. Right. Like it just solidifies my hatred of him because of how fucking, how much of a fucking coward he is. Yeah. Stuff got hard. So he quit and you can't change my mind. I don't plan on it. I will say I have to throw this in there. So it's not just complete slander. And it sounds like uh, Sean Payton is just the worst human being of all time. and Never deserved the job. Sean Payton had part to do with that team being fantastic. I I think Sean Payton is a very good offensive mind. Yes. He also had 16 years or 15 years of a fucking hall of fame quarterback. One of the most prolific quarterbacks in the history. Drew Brees was not that good until he met Sean Payton. If Sean Payton's that good, then how did like, how come he didn't do better this year? I'm not saying it was all like, Sean Payton. I'm saying that it had something to do with Sean Payton. Sure. Like, you you have to admit that. It, However, that does not take away from him uh, bitching out in this situation. Right. So, fuck yeah. off Sean Payton. Hope you don't come back. Oh, he will. He'll No, he won't. 
He'll come back. I don't think he will. And he'll be. It would uh, have to be for a different team. Well, yeah, that's that's his plan. Is like okay, is to essentially it's get definitely out, not the Saints. Get out of his contract with the Saints. Be like, man, I don't want to fucking coach this dog shit team. So we're not gonna fucking do that. We're gonna go somewhere. We're gonna do broadcasting for a year. Be shit at that. I got it. And then come back and be the it. coach of. I don't know. I got it. Who? Who is a very productive quarterback, but not considered a top ten quarter or not considered a top five quarterback all the time? Dak. He's going to go with Dak. Dak's going to throw 5,000 yards a game. Right? And then end up with 5,000 yards a season because that's what happens when you throw a million yards a game. And he's going to hire Mike Zimmer as the defensive coordinator. defensive coordinator. And he's going to be the head coach of Dallas Cowboys. See, I think that... Offensive coordinator is going to be somebody random. Because it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter because it's the head coach. But yeah. I, I think that all depends on what they're going to do with Mike McCarthy this year. He'll stay this year. So then I think Mike, his contract is up next year. Mike McCarthy will get another year. Yep. They'll flame out in the playoffs again. Yep. They'll, Sean, they'll Sean fire Payton, him. Sean Payton will go, hey, Jerry, heard you're looking for a head football coach. And Jerry Jones will go, I know Sean Payton's name. God damn That's God. a name I've heard before. And then Sean will go, Hey, Mike, heard you're sitting in a chair doing nothing. Want to coach some defense in Dallas? Mike's going to go, a lot warmer than Minnesota. Boom. Watch it not happen. Probably won't happen. If that... (laughs) But still, it's just a thought. If that's what happens, though, like, I guess you heard it here first. We got the best fucking predictor in the world. (laughs) Yeah. It's pro- probably way off. Like, he'll probably go some Tampa Bay after, like... Bruce Arians yeah. or... No, because... like that. Because Brady's going to be gone. It doesn't matter. That offense is stacked, and it will stay stacked for a long time. I, I just... Quarterback makes a big difference. <clears throat> I think he will only go somewhere that has a promising young quarterback that he can ride with. So, hear me out. If the Chargers next year miss out on the playoffs again. I don't think they're going to get rid of Staley. Yeah. I don't know. No. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, moving on. Uh, we're going to talk about the games that happened last week. We got the uh, probably the game of... We're going to talk about that one last. That, okay. Um, so the first the first three games of the weekend, we had the Bengals beating the Titans, we had the Rams beating the Bucks, and we had the 49ers beating the Packers. It was all road teams. Yep. I got all of them wrong. Yeah, I got the Bengals right, and that's it. But so all four road teams kicked a game winning field goal with four seconds or less. Every single game came down to the last play. Yes. The one I will say is the Rams Bucks. That shouldn't have been that close. No. That was that was almost a historic meltdown. So I turned it off at halftime to go cook dinner. Because and the Bucks were just they were gonna lose, and that's how it was gonna be. It looked bad. Yep. And then all of a sudden I looked at my phone and saw that the score was within three points, and I went, wait a minute, what? Yeah. It was a very boring game for the first like Half and then like half the third quarter. Yeah. And then it picked up. And then it picked up. And then, you know, Brady almost had an incredible comeback again. Um, but he fell short. Well, they tied it. 
Yeah, but he he fell short because the defense lost them that game. Like, so I do feel bad for Antoine Winfield Jr., yeah. uh, friend friend of the pod, Antoine Winfield Jr., former Gopher. Hey, if you want to come talk about how you feel after that game, come on on to the podcast. <laughs> Just saying. Um, he gives up the huge bomb to Cooper Cup that set up the game-winning field goal. And that was without any timeouts, and Stafford is the fucking king of, you know, less than 20 seconds running your team down to clock the ball to kick game-winning field goal. He's a master at that. He's been doing that for fucking ever. Yeah. Um. That, so, yeah. That, I, that game came down to the end. And then he got uh, the next game, the 49ers and the Packers. Boring so, fucking game. So boring. I had a hard time watching it. I watched this whole game. Yeah. And I almost fell asleep in it because the offenses were not working. The defenses, oddly enough, were not doing good either. Right. It was just an all-around shitty football game that came down to the wire. Well, it came down to a blocked punt. Yeah. A blocked punt for, for a touchdown. And bef- and then, you know, before that, right before halftime, you have the horrible, like, defensive meltdown for the 49ers that, you know, Green Bay is going to kick a field goal to go up, was it 10? Yeah. 10-3 or 10 to nothing at halftime? 10 to nothing, I think. And they no, end it up... Ten, it was 10-3. And they end up blocking, blocking the field goal, saving... Which, because that that was right after a Jimmy G interception too. Yeah. So, you know, a huge, huge swing there with that blocked field goal, and then the game fucking turned after the blocked punt for a touchdown. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about specifically the 49ers for Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs in general. Like, they scored ten points. The, one of the best offenses, one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year. Yeah. Probably going to win MVP. No. Probably. Tom Brady. I mean, it's one of those two. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just... Both teams showed up. And neither team showed up. It was one yeah. of those games that it, it did not seem real when I was watching it. Yeah. It... Everything was bad. Like... When special teams is winning you games and you have the offense of the Packers and the defense and I th- I would also say the offense of the 49ers, like it should not come down to special teams being right. the only part of your team that's making plays. Right. Also, <laughs> I did see a pretty funny tweet on the game losing field goal for the Packers. They only had 10 guys on the field. Doesn't matter. That was after a timeout. They didn't even have enough guys out there. Doesn't matter. But yeah, I if you're Aaron Rodgers in the pack, like Aaron Rodgers targeted Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, probably like what was it, like eighty five or ninety percent of his throws? It looked like it. Like it he Aaron Rodgers gets into this mode where he doesn't trust anybody but Devontae, and that makes him super like it makes it super predictable. Like To be fair, I will be fair to him. I would also throw a higher percentage of throws to Devontae. A higher percentage? That doesn't but mean not all, of, all them. of them. It's not all of them. Alan Lazard can play. You like, can't You stop, have guys that can play. You can't stop looking at the entire field in the playoffs because you have a guy that's better than the defense. 
You just can't because guess what? The defense may not be better than him, but if you send four or five guys at him, the defense is going to be better than him. Right. And like there, the best example of this, it was, I think it was when, so Rogers took a deep shot to Devante in double coverage. I think it was their last drive. Yep. It was right before they punted the ball away. As soon as he tried to. No. I think it was they punted the ball away and then oh yeah 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 the Forty Niners drove it down and kicked the game winning field goal. I but gotcha, yeah. You see Alan Lazard running, you know, a deep over or something like that, and he was wide the fuck open, fifteen yards down the field with nobody within twenty five yards of him. And yeah. Aaron Rodgers is looking straight that way mm-hmm. because it's right down the middle. Devontae was right down the middle. I. Why are you not throwing it to the guy that's wide-ass open? Like, that's the problem with Aaron Rodgers. Because Devontae Adams catches more balls, so he's obviously better at it. So you're, are you going to trust Devontae Adams? To catch a contested Lazard? ball, double-covered? No, no, no. That's not part of the thing. It is, though. Are you going to trust Devontae, or are you going to trust Alan Lazard? You're going to trust Devontae. So you just stop looking at Alan Lazard. I'm going to throw it to the no guy that, longer playing football. I'm going to throw it to the guy that's open. That makes sense. He's not playing on the field. Ugh. You could put nine guys out there, and that would be what offense that they ran. They just ran it without two wide receivers. <laughs> okay. Cool. Good for you. Packers, um, best regular season team ever over the last three years. Yeah, 13-3 and three every year. Well, 13-4. to four. This last doesn't one. matter. It's 13, okay. 13 and three. Did you know they also lost to the Lions? Yeah. <laughs> so did we, but whatever. Yeah, that's not the point. <laughs> um, the Bengals Titans. That was a frustrating game. Yeah. Um, it's frustrating in the sense that both defenses played very well, but also the offenses played really well. Joe Burrow got sacked nine times and they still won. Yeah. Mm hmm. Because when he wasn't on his back, the the defense could not stop them. Right, right. That, that was the problem. It was just kind of every other, yeah. you know, every big third down, like they were getting a sack on him. But yeah. It was really um, weird. Evan McPherson comes out and kicks a 50-plus yarder for a game winner. He now has the most 50-yard field goals in Bengals franchise history. This is his first season. Yes. So Evan McPherson apparently is a fucking badass. Yes. Because he, and Joe Burrow said this in his post-game press conference, where Evan McPherson was talking, like he took like a a practice swing, you know, like a practice kick, whatever, and was talking to the backup quarterback, Brandon Allen. He's like, you know, after he took a practice swing, just kind of like, well, looks like we're going to the championship game. And then just went out and kicked (laughs) the fucking game winner. Like the dude's a fucking legend. Yeah. I mean... I would like to give you props. I'm going to stop the podcast here. I'm going to give you props. You called it uh, early last year. You said the only kicker worth anything in this coming draft is Evan McPherson, the Florida guy. The only reason that I saw him is because I was watching Florida people and watching Florida games. So then mm-hmm. he comes on and he fucking bobbing 50 yarders left and right. And I'm like, this guy's an NFL kicker. Yeah, you called it. I assume that every other expert was like, yeah, this dude's an NFL kicker. So I'm not taking that much credit, but like... No, but you called it before I even heard his name from anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I don't... Like, let's like, be nobody, honest. Nobody I don't, fucking knows kickers. I don't hear about kickers 
early or anything. Like it's something that I I maybe throw twenty minutes a draft film on and go, well, this guy looks legit or so this there, guy does not. I will say though, there is legitimately a difference between like a college kicker and then oh, like an yeah. NFL caliber kicker. Like there's you a can visible difference. The the one that I can't see the difference and it has to do with something with his goggles. Is it Rodrigo Blankenship, the I, greatest kicker ever? It, he looks like a college kicker. Like when you watch him kick, even in the NFL, you're going, oh, that dude's kicking bombs on this set. Oh my God, it's Sunday. Yeah. Like he just, yeah. it does not look like an NFL kicker, but damn, he gets it done. No, McPherson's going to be great for fucking 20 years. Hopefully. Hopefully. I, Hope, as long as he doesn't. Hopefully his brain does not break. Because that's usually what happens. That's what goes wrong with kickers is their brain breaks. Just, okay, Bengals, do not hire Mike Zimmer yeah. in any part of your organization. Or who was the uh, who was our special teams guy? Mike Prefer was. Oh, yeah. Got, um, yeah. Uh, Maloof, Marwan Maloof was for a while. Uh, do you want me to keep going? Because there's been like 30 of them. I don't know. Just the guys that have decided that kickers don't aren't people. Yeah. And then they just don't, like, you don't say their name. You don't give them any props. You don't, like, if they miss three kicks in a row uh, their rookie season, you let them go, and then they turn into the second best kicker in the AFC. So, <laughs> to be fair, I was also on the, all right, we got to get rid of Carlson bandwagon because I thought we just broke the guy. I, I thought it was another no. Blair Walsh situation so where Zimmer he broke the guy. Snapped. Zimmer broke the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, that's that's a problem when your head coach yes. is fucking running through kickers left and right because they don't want to play for him because he's really mean. I don't even know that it's mean. Like I don't know that he's like actually mean. He I think probably it just was. Doesn't exist. Like it's that kind of mean where well, he comes up and goes, Hey coach, have you seen the and just no response. Or just, who the fuck are you? Like, you know, you, <laughs> so just bad. like the same things with like, you know, Brian O'Neill oh, yeah. coming out and saying that like Zimmer wouldn't even like say hi when you're passing him in the hallways. Like, how do you think he feels with kickers not even saying the guy's name? I, I would imagine he just walks past and just like whoever he's talking to in the hallway, he goes, why, why was that person talking to me? Who the fuck was that guy? No, I don't even th- No, he, he wouldn't look back. He would literally just keep walking and go. Oh, and just kind of mumble under his breath. Who the fuck was that guy? That's our kicker. Is he good? Oh, fuck him. (laughs) Whatever. Is he he good? No. Can he play corner? (laughs) Anyway, we got to move on to probably the greatest game ever to wrap up the greatest weekend football playoff, like playoff football history. This was easily the best weekend of games for playoff football. There you go. Ever. So I think you can't call it the greatest weekend of football because sometimes like there's four or five great games in a week in the regular season. Right. But this, this one, one just meant more. And right. It was every single one of them. Like, every there single was one not, came down to the end. There was not a game that wasn't close. And that's, that's rare. And this game, I turned off. At the halfway point. And I, again, I was cooking dinner or something. And I just, I happened to sit down on the couch and turn on the TV. And there's two minutes and six seconds on the clock. And I remember this because the two minute warning went and I'm like, oh, great. I turned it on at the wrong time. No, I did not. 
No, that was the most exciting part of it. That was incredible. Like I watched the two minutes and I instantly looked at my wife and said, that might be the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Always ever. 25 points were scored in the final two minutes. The lead changed three, three times, three points at the end of the game with 75 yards of field in front of you. 13 seconds. 13 seconds. 13 seconds will forever be too much time for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and that is terrifying. That is... The game itself, to start out with, was pretty good. Both offenses looked okay at times, and then the defenses were making a few stops. The game wasn't like extremely exciting in the first half, but you could still see that both teams, like you could tell it was going to be a close game. It just kind of had that feeling to it. And then like at the end, the third quarter and stuff, the game was rolling along. The points started coming in. And then the last two minutes will just forever go down in history as the the most incredible two minutes of any football game ever, ever. Yeah, and, you know, you can talk about overtime rules and all that stuff. We'll get to that. But, you know, it was just, it was an, it was an incredible game. The uh, With, I think, a minute 54 left, the, uh, was it Gabriel Davis, right? Yep. Gabriel Davis. Uh, shook Mike Hughes out of his goddamn shoes, put him yeah. on his ass, scored a touchdown. <laughs> Guess what, Mike Hughes? They replayed that thing five or six times. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. everybody knows. Everybody yeah. knows. And then, you know, and then, so then they go up by one point. So they're going for two to make it a three-point game. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen gets flushed out. He runs backwards for like 10 yards. The he, play was a shit show. Oh, yeah. He... he he gets away from the defensive tackle that busted through the line. He runs to his left. He throws it back across the field, you know, just a little bit to the back of the end zone where Stefan Diggs catches it. Boom. Bills up three. Yep. Chiefs get it. They take, I think there's about... A, there's a couple plays and... Yeah, it was about 30, 40 seconds off the clock. And then Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill took it about, you Six, know... 63 yards, I think. Right. He He, he caught it you know, probably 15 yards down the field and just outran everybody. And then should have got a taunting penalty. I do want to put that out there. Yes. He did do his peace sign thing to the defender as he was at about the five-yard line. Taunting is a stupid rule. Would have would that have been called in the regular season? Yes. Should that then, by the rules, be called in the playoffs? Yes. If you are going, if you're, there you go. like, if you're not going to be consistent with it, don't have the rule. Like Correct. if you're gonna have the rule, be consistent. I like taunting sucks and we hate yes. it. Like taunting is a fun thing when we yes. see players talking shit. Yes. You can I understand why the rule is in place. You don't want the talking shit to go farther. Right. That's the problem. But the talking shit is great. Yeah. Like you like I am never gonna say that. Like I, I'm not gonna argue that the rule isn't dumb. Right. Like, obviously the rule is dumb, but if it's there, fucking call it. Yes. So to, to close out this issue, are we mad that it was not called? I I would say no. 
Do we agree that it should have been called? Yes. I would say yes. Do we think the rule in general is shit? Yes. Yes. That's pretty much all I, I just I just want consistency. Yeah. And so the the Chiefs get the go ahead touchdown. Yep. The Bengals have about what like fifty seconds. Bills, Bills have like yep. fifty seconds left. It was somewhere just under a minute. Yeah, and they go down and they score another touchdown. They they're up by three again. Yep. You know they score a touchdown with thirteen seconds left. Guess who it is again? Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Four Davis. touchdowns. Uh, congrats to him. Uh, that is the all-time record for touchdowns in a game in the playoffs. And I'm pretty sure he's a free agent this year. So I believe. Congratulations so. on your contract. You are going to get a massive payday because somebody's going to look at that and go, "He's the next great thing." Um, do I not think say, he's, not do saying I, he's not good? No. Do I think he's good? Sure. Yeah. He's been a starter for the bills for what? Three years now. Go get your bank, man. Go get that Corey Davis money. Yeah. <laughs> so then 13 seconds left. Apparently is too much time for Patrick Mahomes. For whatever reason, the bills decide to not squib kick it and take more time off the clock, which, you know, philosophy, whatever you want to do. There's an argument that like, you give them yards when you do that. And also you have a chance to maybe give up like a really big return, depending on who's back there and all that stuff. So right. they just booted out the end the end zone and make Mahomes go like 40, 45 yards in 13 seconds. Yep. And then they did. They fucking yep. did. There was a 48-yard field goal to what, tie it. What was it? Tyree kill for 12 or, or 18. Something like that. Um, and then Travis Kelsey got to, into the huddle and looked at Pat Mahomes and called his own route. And Pat Mahomes threw it, and it was run perfectly. And they got down, and every single player on the Chiefs' calling offense was calling timeout. So they got the timeout, and there it was. Butker did not miss. Uh, if you are a Cowboys fan, that's how you, you manage the clocks. <laughs> that. Uh, Kelsey could have gone farther. Yes, he could have, but he didn't because he knew he didn't have any time. Yeah, he knew he had to get down and call the timeout. Also, when they started that drive, they had two or three timeouts still. Three. Yeah, yeah. they still had all three timeouts. Yeah. Also, also the, the, the Bills, Bills had two the Bills when had that drive two. started. <laughs> so <laughs> like insane. This this all these drives under under two minutes, they were all done without using timeouts. All but one. There was one timeout used under two minutes. I think yeah, it was the Bills before that final thirteen seconds. And yeah, holy shit. Yeah, like, so it's just you, incredible. If you want to know how to manage your clock and manage your timeouts, well, go watch that game. There but you yeah. go, Chargers fans and uh, Dallas players. Yeah, there you go. So then uh, the all important coin flip: the Chiefs win. They drive down, score a touchdown. Okay, here's how we're going to talk about this: the overtime rule. Would you like to see both teams have a chance to touch the ball? So here's what I will say. The, no, answer the answer that question. Would I like to see them both? Yeah. Would you Would you like to see both teams have an opportunity with the ball? See that yes, but there's a reason why. Okay, I'm getting to it. The only reason that I wanted to see the Bills have a chance is because this game was fucking insane. That is the only reason that everybody's crying about it. That is the only reason that people are, you know, mad about the rules as it is, is this game was insane and they wanted to see more of it. Okay. That is my, that is my belief. 
is right. that everybody but just wanted in, to see more of in this general, game. Would you like to see both teams have an opportunity to touch the ball? So this might be a little bit of an unpopular decision, unpopular opinion, but like, I'm fine with where they're at. If you have the ball, you go down and you score a touchdown, you assert your dominance and score the touchdown. Sure. I'm fine with the win. If you only get the field goal, let the other team either tie it or, you know, win it with a touchdown. I'm fine with where it is. There isn't, I have not heard, I have not seen any iteration of the overtime rules that would be better because you are always going to have, like you are never going to win in that situation because the coin flip is always going to be ultra important or it's, you know, or, or it's like not even like if you have both teams touch the ball, no matter what, then winning the coin flip is irrelevant. The only thing that the coin flip would do is the wind. Yeah. That's the only reason you'd flip the coin. So the only other way I can see this going because it is the playoffs. Like you have to have someone win. You can't end it in a tie. That's not possible. You would have to adopt pretty much the college football rules. And I think that's worse. The college football rules are you start like it's it's a regular overtime where you get the ball at like I think the 35 and you run plays. You get time on the clock and whatever and you run plays. I think they just have a play clock. Okay. Well, whatever. Like cuz they just get possessions back and forth. Correct. And once you get past two overtimes, you go to two-point conversions. And it's just back and forth two-point conversions. I don't like that because it takes away from having to be a complete team in that situation. Right. I like the rules that we have now because it puts the onus on you to have to stop the team. Right. Like, if you're on defense, you can't bitch and moan because your offense never got to touch the ball. Make a stop. Stop them. Make a stop. Like, I know it's unpopular. You can't just build an offense. You are building a football team. You can't, like, it's the same thing. You're not going to win by giving up 48 points a week. Even though your offense can score 45 points a week, you're not going to win. You have to have a defense. So your defense has to be relied on to stop them in that situation. Yeah. Like, I, I do think it is probably an unpopular opinion, but, like, I don't think there's an alternative that would be better. No. Like, I, I, just, I just don't. I, you, you can't just go back. You can't start another quarter. Like, does it, does it suck that the coin flip is the most important thing in an overtime game in the playoffs? Yeah. Yes, it does suck. But. Okay, I just came up with another idea. Okay. What if we just start adding quarters? Like, you get another 15 minutes on the clock. Just coin you, get, flip. you get the whole time? Yeah. And it just at the end of that, if it's still a tie, throw another 15 minutes on the clock. I mean, these games are going to be hours long, but that's the only other way I can see that is really NFL-style overtime. Yeah. It's and, like the NHL continuous five-on-five. Five. Yeah. and that's, that's the only other option. And that's kind of where I, I do believe that most of the outrage about the overtime rules is because of how great a game this was. Yeah. And they just wanted to see more of it. Like it didn't feel right that Josh Allen, who's played probably the greatest two game postseason like span in history. Like he has played out of his fucking mind. 
Yeah. He did. He wasn't allowed to get to touch the ball again. And people are mad about that. And I, okay. I understand, like I completely understand and they're right to be mad about it. But at the same time, there's not a whole lot you can do. Yeah. I think so. You look at it and what I've heard is if the coin toss went the other way, the bills would have won. Yeah. We and then, don't know that. Well, but then the, the bills offense might, they might've had a tipped ball and a pick. Like, it took the Chiefs actually winning and actually running down the field. It wasn't just like, oh, the coin oh they flip. won oh, the coin toss. Won. on their, their, It's all... No. There was still game, like, football being played in order to make that happen. I mean, on the flip side, I do feel like these rules are way better than how they used to be, where it was just sudden death from the coin flip. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think there's a better alternative, so... It's, it's got to stay. Like, if you change it, what are you going to change it to that's better? You and know if, what? That's your guys' homework. Anybody that listens to the podcast, please go on our Facebook page or Twitter or, hell, even email us and just tell us what you think is a better alternative because we don't see it. Right. And if, you know, if the coin flip goes the other way and the Bills drive down and score a touchdown, you're going to see the other half of people. Exactly you know, acting the same way. I, I do feel like it, you're literally flipping the script where chiefs fans right now are like, no, the Bills shouldn't have touched the ball. That's be- the rules because we didn't get to do it in 20. Was it 18 when they played the Patriots? Right. Yeah. The, it's they're like, yeah, that's the rules. Well, guess what? If they wouldn't have had it again, the chiefs would have outraged again and said, Hey, this is the second time we haven't had a chance to touch the ball. This right. is ridiculous. I do also think it's because the Chiefs were the one that won. Yeah. I think people are already starting to sour on the Chiefs being good all the time. And like Josh Allen and the Bills and that story was just a more palatable, like a more palatable story for everybody. Sure. They, they probably wanted the Bills to win unless you were like a Chiefs fan. See, I wanted the Chiefs to win because I think. Well, like, you picked them. Well, yeah. I mean, I picked still, the Bills, so I wanted the Bills to win. I was 1-4. It didn't matter at that point. I almost wanted to go 0-4 just so I could really point out how bad my picks were, but I almost did. <laughs> I was 13 seconds away from going 0-4. Yeah. Um, I wanted the Chiefs to win just because I kind of see this as one of, like, the Chiefs are kind of losing out on opportunities here. They're going to be starting to get to that point where, it's going to be too expensive to keep this team together. And I don't know. I think the Bills are young enough that they have a couple more years than the Chiefs. And I I think we're going to have rotating uh, champions. Like, I think the Bills next year might already surpass the Chiefs, and the Chiefs aren't even competition for them. So I'd like to see the Chiefs have their time and talk about Pat Mahomes because I think it's coming to an end. Bold prediction for next year. Chiefs Bro. don't make the playoffs. Oof. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to stick to that. Let's. I'm going to erase that part. Probably. All right. Moving on. Oh, you're not editing this. No, I'm not. Moving on to <laughs> the championship games. We got the Bengals playing at the Chiefs. Um, I'm apparently the only one that believes in the Bengals. I, so, For so, whatever reason, I love the Bengals. This team, man, they're just there's just something kay. with Joe Burrow. The question is, is it belief or is it you want them to win? Like you're, is it hope or is it belief? So like it is both, right? Okay. Because because I think it's more hope with you. Like I want the Bengals to win. There it is. No, 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 no. Can you just let me finish though? Okay, I gotcha. want the Bengals to win because I have never seen a good Bengals team. Correct. Ever. 
No, I don't think anybody alive think has. Anybody alive has. <laughs> so like that would be wonderful. And like the the story of Joe Burrow going from, you know, torn ACL and the 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 team as a whole was there's so many question marks about the team to this just I mean you you have to you have to acknowledge how dominant Joe Burrow has been all year. Yeah. And it's great. And having the Bengals going from the number one overall pick three years ago, yeah, to in the championship game this year, to the defense overachieving massively based on their one hundred percent. Like I, but that, okay, hold on, let me finish because it's not that I just want them to win. It's with Burrow, I do have just this. I got a feeling, man. You know, like it's it, it's it's not. Like it's hard to quantify, like the the connection that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have together, and like Joe Mixon is a really good player. They also have other really good receivers, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. T. Higgins is fucking good. Yeah. Like their defense, like you said, well overachieved, and all they have to do is stop Kansas City enough. And I think I really do believe in Joe Burrow, and I do believe that the Bengals can just run all over that defense. They've done it once. Exactly. So I will say. So it's not it's not just a the, want. There, I, there is some substance it. to it. I get it. Um, I think it's more of a want. Based on the way I, you talk about it, I think it's more of a want. But um, I just think it's a like it's 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 more fun that way. Sure. Like it's way more fun that way. I don't think so. Because I want them to be a true contender when they come next year. Why not them this year? Because why not? The defense is it has overachieved so much. So, that you think they? So they've had their games where that defense is shit the bed. Hundred percent. That Sa- same with the Chiefs. The Chiefs defense is just straight bad. Like let's be honest. The so defense all you is have to do, good. all you have to do, is keep up with Patrick Mahomes, and they have showed that they can do that. All they have to do is sure. play the same game. I think Pat Mahomes in the playoffs is different. Pat Mahomes though. Probably. And I, I'm i I'm not going to say... So I've heard people say, oh, the lights are going to get too big for Joe Burrow. I don't oh, think that's no. true. Oh, no. God, no. Um, but I think the defense is going to... Like, they just don't have the talent. I, I think the Chiefs defense has more individual talent. Well, it's, that the, might it's, carry the def- it's the defensive line for the Chiefs, and that's going to be... And the offensive line for the Bengals is a problem. Yeah, so that is going to be the difference maker in this game is Melvin Ingram, Chris Jones, and Frank Clark. Yeah, Those are the three guys that are probably going to wreck the game for the Bengals. And that, to me, that is going to be the reason why the Bengals lose if they lose. Also, Trey Hendrickson, I believe, is out. I think they're also missing Larry Ogunjobi, right? Sure, that sounds right. It's... It's been a while since I've looked up the depth chart the for depth the, chart Bengals the Bengals defensive tackle. So, um, but yeah, I I just I don't know. I I can't imagine the Bengals winning the Super Bowl this year. And that that's probably so. What I'm saying here, folks, is put all of your money on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. Immediately put all your money down because clearly I don't know what I'm talking about. I have not picked very well whatsoever. So. So looking at the uh, the depth chart right now, uh, Larry Ogunjobi is on IR, but Trey Hendrickson does not have any uh, injury designation on him. 
Ooh, I heard it was possible concussion still that he was dealing with testing mm. and stuff. So no, okay. well, hey, their uh, their defensive line, other than Ogunjobi, looks to be pretty. Guess what? Intact. Bengals are winning. No, see, you did it wrong. Like you're supposed to say the Chiefs, and then the Bengals would win because your picks oh, are so bad. See, I'm not picking anymore. I've just decided I'm done picking for the year. Next next year, I'll pick it back up. <laughs> but right now, I just I don't have it, so I'm not. Right. I'm not. Actually so should we talk about the 49ers and the Rams? I don't think so. It's it's, it's the Rams, right? It's it's the Rams, right? Don't let the 49ers win this year. The Rams have it's lost the to the Rams. The right? Rams have lost to the 49ers six games in a row. I know. Six in a row. I know. Six. But the Rams are a in a row. Team. They are. It's got to be the Rams. Just right? don't don't let them win. It's got to be the Just Rams. Right? Break break. Come on. So Sean McVay. I break I the narrative. Want, I want to see the Rams in the Super Bowl because I want Matt Stafford to make it to a Super Bowl. Yeah. It. It's purely about Matt Stafford at this point. For you? For me, 100%. Like, the, it's the Bengals thing for you. Sure. Matt Stafford has been kicked so many times in the face. At playing in Detroit, just being over and over kicked in the face, going, here, here's some money, kick him in the face. Here, you want more weapons? Kick him in the face. Like, just, I just want Matt Stafford to... And have like, a chance. I, I am a little annoyed with the, uh, well, this is why these are the games that they brought Matthew Stafford in for. I'm kind of sick of that narrative. Like, sure. Like, just, just let Matthew Stafford deserves it. Yes. I, I think 100%. he deserves it. He's probably going to play a shitty game. Probably. He's probably going to have at least two backbreaking interceptions. But Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. is going to do the same. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to try to throw the game. He's going to try. And then Matt Stafford's going to go, I can throw the game better. And then, guess what? Jimmy Garoppolo's going to go, I can do it better. But They're going to fight back and forth. But what's going to happen is Debo Samuel is going to be the one guy on... Oh, no, no, no. I got it. <laughs> Aaron Donald is going to punch re- a ref right in the face. Oh, he's going to get ejected. The ref said something. Okay. And then with Aaron Donald out... um. That defensive line isn't going to be quite as good. Right. And um, so, uh, what's his face? Von Miller. He yeah. can he can stop the run. So, the, they're not going to run against him. But they're going to pass the ball. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to – did I say Garoppolo? Yeah. <laughs> I meant goat. Add goat to the end of that. But um, he's going to pass it up 450 yards, okay? And then he's going to go to the Super Bowl, and he's going to win a Super Bowl, and Tom Brady's going to retire at the end of the year and go, that's the guy that was supposed to replace me. And it's over. Tom Brady walks off into the sunset. Right. And Garoppolo gets traded to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay because the 49ers have go. Trey Lance. There you go. That's, no, that's I, the future of the NFL. Right the, there. I the, figured it out. This game, this game comes down to Matt Stafford being good Matt Stafford. And he has shown... I just hope that the talent of the the 49ers and the Rams, the talent difference, I hope it ha- plays a factor. Yeah, it should. It might not. The problem is, like like I said, six straight games. Yeah, I know. McVay cannot beat Kyle Shanahan. I don't know. I. Although I will say, I was pretty damn close to... Like, if, if the Bills had, you know held out for 13 seconds. Mm-hmm. 
my preseason Super Bowl was Bills Rams. Yeah. So my, damn close. Mine man. was not. You had the Browns in there. Yeah. <laughs> mine was the Rams and the Browns. So I have one half still. Like we both have a half that we can get in there. Yeah. My my other half was gone long before this. Well, that's cause because Baker Mayfield's your, trash. No, because of your stupid Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers and the the rate all of them sucked this year. That was weird. Yeah, that whole that was supposed to be the best division, and it just wasn't. Yeah. But anyway, that'll probably do it for us. Yeah. Hey, Dylan, where can they find us? Uh, we have a Facebook page, uh, Watering Hole Football on Facebook. We have that. Uh, we have an email. It's uh, wateringholefootball at gmail.com. Email us what you think they should do with the overtime rules. And then we are on Twitter at Football Hole. And that, yep, that'll, that'll about do it for us. Yeah. We're uh, glad you could join us. And as always, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.